Hello, I'm Courtney. And I'm Andreel. And we're the hosts of Spellcast. A podcast that seeks to bridge the gap between the mundane and the occult. Join us every Friday night for a new episode. We cover everything from candle magic to Kabbalah. You can follow us at Witchy Page on Instagram and Facebook, and also email us at witchypage at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy the show. If you really like the show, you can donate on Anchor.fm and soon Patreon. All of our supporters get special perks and extra content, so join our coven. And remember... There's a little witch in all of us. And the spirits live in the mirror. Before we get started, i got to give a huge thank you to some new patrons. INFP Films, along with Michelle Armstrong. Thank you very much. Michelle, you are entitled to a Skype call a month, so get a hold of me if you would like that. Other than that, um, I will read reviews at the end of part two. So if you want to review Red, get those in. I have a bunch of them to read. So just so you guys know, part two is going to be extensively longer just because of the amount of reviews I'll have to read afterward. And I got to give a huge thank you to Leslie Meisner, who wrote and orchestrated this three-part series. Thank you very, very much. This podcast contains adult content. Some of the themes or topics may include information on murder, kidnapping, torture, dismemberment, maybe some demonic content with information on positions and paranormal activity. This podcast will also include explicit, horrible and foul, socially unacceptable, totally uninhibited adult themes language. So if you're easily offended, if you're easily triggered, then I highly suggest you turn this off now. And if not, just keep in mind, parental discretion is advised. If you're listening to this podcast, I take it as safe to assume that you enjoy true crime cases. I think it is something in our nature, human nature, to be curious about one of the most taboo things in our society, crimes against another person. But sometimes it is easily forgotten that these cases involve real people. Our starkest reminders that those cases that we hear about that make us stop and think, that could have happened to me. This week, Mysterious Circumstances brings you the first episode in a three-part series on the case of Haley Dunn. This case has more twists and turns than the backcountry roads where her story takes place. On December 27, 2010, Billy Dunn peeks in Haley's room to find her asleep before leaving for work. When she arrived home that night, Haley was not home. Her live-in boyfriend, Sean Adkins, told her that Haley had gone to stay the night at her friend Mary Beth's home. The next day, Billy called her son David to ask him to tell Haley to come home. It is then that it is discovered that Haley never made it to the sleepover, nor her father's house the day before. After calling family and friends with no luck, she called Colorado City Police Department to report her missing. Clint Dunn said he last saw Haley on the morning of December 26th after staying the night at his home for Christmas. Her brother David recalls last seeing her playing video games around 9pm before heading to bed. 
Then Billy saw her the morning of December 27th, just before leaving for work. A neighbor reportedly saw Haley walking around her backyard while talking on a cell phone around noon that day. The last person to see Haley was her mother's boyfriend, Sean Adkins. He says he got home from work that day around 3 p.m. and shortly after getting home, Haley told him she was going to walk to her father Clint Dunn's house, then go to her friend Mary Beth's house for a sleepover. In such a small town you would think someone would have seen something, anything. A neighbor of the Dunn's, Jean Burroughs, came forward saying she remembered hearing Haley on December 27th. Jean was at her beauty shop on 19th and Locust Streets. She claimed she saw the teenager twice between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on December 27th. She first saw her walking on East 19th Street, then later saw Haley walking down the alley behind her beauty shop. Haley is about 5 feet tall, weighs 120 pounds, and has brown hair. She was last seen wearing navy blue sweatpants, a light-colored short-sleeved t-shirt, and pink and white tennis shoes. In the following days, search parties began to convene in and around Colorado City, Texas. There was a sense of urgency trying to find where Haley had gone, and getting an Amber Alert issued became a major point of focus. Her mother, Billy Dunn, requested an Amber Alert three different times and was turned down each time. Police Chief John Bivens said the minimum standard for creating an Amber Alert is, quote, knowledge of a suspect, a description of a vehicle involved in an abduction, and or a route and direction of travel, end quote. Alerts can only be issued when somebody who is 17 or younger is missing and the disappearance has been deemed unwilling. Police then need to show that the child is in immediate danger and eliminate other scenarios such as a runaway. Finally, there needs to be some other information, such as a description of the abductor's vehicle, in order to issue an alert. Just days after her daughter's disappearance, Haley's mother, Billy Dunn, had this to say, quote, I really hope she left on her own free will and is scared to come home at this point, but we all want her back. We have to have her, end quote. Colorado City is on high alert this evening after the disappearance of a teenage girl stretches on. As of today, 13-year-old Haley Dunn has been missing for a week. While she was first thought to be a runaway, they're just not sure anymore. These flyers of 13-year-old Haley Dunn can be found just about anywhere in Colorado City. And at first, police first were treating the case as a runaway. But after a week, they're now calling her a missing person. Tonight, everyone from police to Texas Rangers and even local radio stations are running the midnight oil to bring Haley home. Haley Dunn's disappearance is the talk of the town in Colorado City. It is so uncommon to have a runaway in, in Colorado City, and I suspect this is true in other smaller towns. So as much as we could put her name, her description, her height and weight on the air, phone number, the mother, and that's what we did. Radio owner Jim Baum says everyone is worried about the missing teen, and the community has even raised $10,000 to have her safely returned home. To tell you the truth, this is the first time, and I've been here 30 years, that we had a runaway like this. Uh, it, it's, it's so uncommon. Police say the 13-year-old was last seen on Monday, December 27th. She was on her way to a friend's house. 
but never made it. Officers are working this as a missing person investigation and pursuing leads night and day to find Haley. We will not rest until Haley is found. Police first thought she was a runaway, but her mother and friends say she was a happy child and she didn't take anything with her. Now Colorado City and Snyder Police, Mitchell County Sheriff's Deputies, Texas Rangers, and the DA's office are searching for the girl. After this much time has passed, many fear this may be more than just a runaway case. First couple of days, for sure, a runaway. Next several days, you stop and think. And now after a week, as a parent myself, I worry that it's not a runaway. All right, everybody, I probably have the coolest sponsor for this episode. AMC Network's Shudder is a premium streaming video service, super-serving fans of all degrees of the best selection of horror and thrillers. Shudder's irrepressible and thriving community revels in all things provocative, evocative, and dangerous. From bantering with Shudder on social media and contributing fantastic, irreverent reviews to relishing in member-only perks such as exclusive releases and VIP movie screenings, Shudder believes there is safety in numbers. So don't be left in the dark alone, alright? And I know you guys on social media have seen Shudder, especially like on Facebook and stuff like that when you're scrolling through and you're like, well, what is it? It's basically the Netflix of horror. You can stream thrillers, horror, suspense, crime and mysteries for $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. And Shudder has the largest, fastest growing, human curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. Alright? There are new, spine tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge of your seat suspense added weekly. You'll have unlimited access to stream ad free on all your favorite devices which could be iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, Android devices. I have an Android phone. I downloaded the Shutter app. I am addicted to this show called A Discovery of Witches. It is super great. I literally binge-watched this in about two days, and it's a Shutter original TV show. It's, it's freaking awesome. But I know a lot of you have, you know, iPhones, so, I mean, it literally works with everything. This show, personally, is my favorite, but I already have, like, a list of shows that I want to watch, and that includes classic horror movies, it has new releases coming out all the time, and like I said, for all you crime junkies, it's even got, like, a crime and mysteries section, too, and like I said, I just downloaded the app, you can stream it right off the web, either way, you're still good. And the best part is, too, is that it's international. So unlike some other movie streaming services, you don't have different stuff going on. It's literally all international. Now, to try Shudder free for 30 days, go to Shudder.com and use the promo code MCPODCAST. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com. And type in the promo code MCPODCAST. Get 30 days for free. And even when you go to pay for it, it's still not that expensive. It's still super cheap. And you have all these horror movies, all these suspense, all these thrillers, everything. Like, it's just a vast collection of all this awesome stuff, okay? You know, a Shudder exclusive. You have, like, Stan Lee's Lucky Man. And like I had mentioned, A Discovery of Witches, which is a Shudder original. And I'm absolutely addicted to that show. It's it's 
really awesome. You know, you have like a, you know, Lizzie, which is also a Shutter exclusive. Now, upcoming releases, you got Boar, which is hitting uh, June 6th, which is a Shutter exclusive. You have the Night Shifter. It comes uh, on May 23rd, which is a Shutter original. You have the Ranger. You have, you know, Vengeance movies. You have horror classics. You have classic slasher movies. You have original shows. You have original movies. So don't miss out. Like, this is the best sponsor in the world just because this is something that I absolutely love and am extremely proud to be able to give you a month for free. So like I said, to try Shutter free for 30 days, go to Shutter.com, use the promo code MCPODCAST, and again, that is S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com, use the promo code MCPODCAST, and you can thank me later. In the meantime, hundreds of volunteers from around the area show up to search the fields and desert terrain around Colorado City and surrounding areas. However, it wasn't long before law enforcement noticed that Billy was not taking part in the searches and neither was Sean. Not only that, the stories that they were getting were not corroborating with each other. It was not long before the focus began to shift towards Haley's mother and her live-in boyfriend. Billy and Sean were requested to take polygraphs by law enforcement. Although Billy is willing to take the first examination, she admitted that she had been under the influence of narcotics and took another test a few days later. The results of that test also indicated that there was deception. As for Sean Adkins, his did not go much better. According to the affidavit, quote, On the first two occasions upon his arrival, he terminated the polygraph examination by walking out and refusing to cooperate with the investigator, end quote. The affidavit goes on to say, quote, On the third attempt to polygraph Adkins, he submitted to the first stage of the polygraph, and the result of the polygraph was that he was deceptive, end quote. During that same polygraph, according to the affidavit, Adkins indicated that Haley Dunn would be found in Scurry County. The results of his polygraph indicated he was telling the truth. However, when investigators asked him a second time if he knew where Haley was, he refused to answer the question. Investigators asked Adkins who they should be looking at in regards to Haley's disappearance, to which Adkins replied, both of us. Earlier tonight, we were inside the house, invited in uh, by Haley's older brother, about 15 years old. His name is David. David told us some new and some interesting information. According to David, Sean Adkins, uh, uh, Haley's mother's boyfriend, who we've, who we've been reporting all day, has been taking a uh, polygraph test, actually refused the first two polygraph tests that... Uh, that authorities tried to give him and actually ended up refusing a third and according to David Haley's 15 year old brother walked out uh, of the building on the app before that third polygraph and hasn't been seen by anyone since then again this is according this is according to the teenage uh, older brother of Haley Dunn who's been missing and uh, according to her or, uh, Billy her mother's two brothers as well so the uncles of young uh, Haley Dunn who's been missing since December 27th uh, now that's some of the latest information we have we did talk to city officials earlier today here's what they had to say 
Nine days after 13-year-old Haley Dunn disappeared seemingly out of thin air from Colorado City, authorities are now acknowledging that foul play is a possibility. We're really concerned. We're trying to be positive. Uh, you know, in the end, we want to make sure that uh, Haley is returned to Colorado City or is here. We discover whatever. Law enforcement officials spent the day giving Sean Adkins a polygraph test. However, they have not named Adkins, the boyfriend of Haley's mother, Billy, a suspect. But several Colorado City residents are becoming suspicious. The focus of the investigation now appears to be at Haley's home, where Texas Rangers and Colorado City police searched her room and the backyard shed, carrying out bags of what appeared to be evidence. They're going to search the whole um, maybe neighborhood, but they're going to check our shed around the backyard. They looked in her room real good just to see if there was any anything she left, maybe indicating that she was thinking about leaving. Meanwhile, residents have raised $25,000 as a reward and are flying orange ribbons as a show of support. Even two Forsan residents are in town to search for Haley. That's why I'm here today, because it's not a runaway. You know, it's just, it's, it's weird. What began as a search for a runaway in this small community is now an area-wide ordeal that's gained national attention. Everyone has the same hope that Haley Dunn makes it back okay, but many are now fearing the worst. This doesn't, this doesn't look right. It doesn't look like a runaway. We've got some more information on those polygraph tests. According to family members inside the Dunn home, Haley's uncle Dale was also given a polygraph test by authorities. He says he passed it and they, they released him and he's back at home now with the rest of the family. We're also told that Billy, uh, Haley's mother, has been with authorities all of uh, this evening and that she's possibly taking a polygraph test of her own. Of course, as I said at the top of the show, uh, the whereabouts of Sean Adkins, uh, according to Haley's older brother, are still unknown at this time. It also says that uh, Sean failed it. Yeah. And alludes to the fact that she did too. Yes. Yeah. What do you say to that? Um, I don't really know how to say anything to that. I don't know how to give those tests. I don't know anything about them. I know it made me lose a lot of faith in that test because they had got me to put a lot of faith into that test. And I thought that was going to hopefully get some focus somewhere, which it didn't. For so long, after much debate, and, they decided they would talk to me. Something else I wanted to ask you about. Yesterday on the K-Texas newscast, you alluded to the fact that you and Sean had parted ways. And uh, can you explain that to me? Like I said, they put, had me put so much trust into that test, and when he failed it, I was fearing the worst, that he had hurt my daughter. And um, I told police that were around that I didn't want him back at the house. Um, but after I failed it too, I just, I don't know how to feel or what to think that he's going to stay at his grandma's house until this is cleared up. Because we don't know where she is or what happened. And I'm not going to rule out anything that the investigators can't rule out. You know? All right.